Hello, hello, Beth Martin's here. Aha. <laughs> and I just heard that uh, Etienne is in the waiting room. So just give me a thumbs up, Etienne, when you're ready to go. You're ready to go. Okay, excellent. Hello, Etienne. It is good to be with you again, Beth. It's been a long time. I know, I know it has. Yeah, I've had a lot of memories flashing through my mind since we booked this. <laughs> Super good. So welcome here. I'm going to just take a minute to set up Rockfin. We've got uh, a so-called uncensored platform. I've only heard of one censoring going on over there so far. And no doubt you are no stranger to censorship. No doubt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's become a sport, kind of a little bit of a blood sport in our world. Here is the link for anyone who wants to jump on Rockfin as an alternative, and it is live there. We're also on YouTube and Facebook, which I almost always forget to say anything about. <clears throat> but here is this link. And um, welcome to Coma. The sun is shining in Brandon after heavy snow. Yeah, we're uh, we're getting pretty socked in here. It's, we're actually going to get on the highway directly after this. And I just think, you no, know, it's a no, a big no. <clears throat> but um, so let us get started. I'm going to, if you guys aren't familiar with Etienne, then I'm just going to share a little bit about him first. I have, by the way, his uh, book. We had the pleasure of meeting at Anarchapulco in, uh, I always say, five minutes before the pandemic hit. And uh, it was really interesting timing to get on the plane from that event and, you know, started to see people in masks. And I had this feeling like, oh, nothing ever is going to happen in Manitoba. We're just sleepy little nothing province over here in Canada. They don't notice us. And then two weeks later, boom, everything crashed and uh, locked down and we're all scratching our heads going, huh, what's going on? And I hosted you not long after you were one of the first people to actually call out the scamdemic. You taught me that word. Thank you very much for that. <laughs> and uh, and it all was revealed very, very uh, clearly to us. And I just wanted to say hello to a few people in the chat that have come in. Mankinder, hello, welcome. And Missy Bear is here. I'm so glad you're around. And your uh, good partner, Mr. Billingtono Bear. Uh, Juan is here. Hello, peace and love to you as well. And the highways will be a mess. Yeah, I'm thinking it's a no. I have to let my, my kid know. So if you're not familiar with Etienne, he has distilled 20 years of research into short, easily digestible treaties on individual subjects in the truth world and optimizes them for 65% of the society who are visual learners, while including references and links to more comprehensive research, including books and videos and documentaries. Uh, he's the founder of a startup pu public policy organization, theartofliberty.org. Did I get your URL correct there, by the way? I didn't get a chance you to did. your artofliberty.org. Okay, very good. <clears throat> and uh, it's exposing illegitimacy and criminality in the, in the quote-unquote government and the hidden curriculum of organized crimes, mandatory government schools, scouting programs, police, military training, training, again in quotes, and the pseudo-religion of statism. Actually, the year that uh, I was there was when uh, James Corbett got on stage and did a dramatization of the, the re religiosity. So he, you know, from the back of the audience showed up in his, in his uh, Jesuit robes, if I'm I don't know if that was Jesuit or what, uh, but, you know, the big robes and the praying and the chanting and all teaching us how the state really wants to take the place of that 
religion that we have in our hearts and minds. We have a parking space for that. And the state wants to just pull in and, and station without us even realizing. And uh, yeah, so definitely a pseudo religion causing obedience and um, fealty. I, I'm realizing I don't even know that word. You might have to let us know. Uh, order following tax slavery. And, uh, and then you've been at work providing resources for people. So I'm really excited to talk to you today. Again, this is uh, Etienne's, this is an earlier edition of the book, and I believe you've just put out your fifth edition. What, what number was this? Would it have been in 2020? So I think that, uh, I think if you got that at Anarchapulco 2020, that was the fourth edition of government, the biggest scam in history. And uh, it really, really took off after the fourth edition. And uh, it's been, it's been growing kind of exponentially. I think I sold 200 copies the first year, 800 copies the second year, uh, 3,250-ish copies the third year. And then there was kind of like a lull as I kind of shot myself in, in the foot and announced the fifth edition uh, before it was ready. And uh, originally I was going to bring the book into the age of the COVID. And then writing the fifth edition, I realized that the, to, to really expose the COVID and how the magician did the trick with the COVID, uh, the short version is they spent billions to make it look like a pandemic to steal trillions in bailouts, subsidies, vaccine profits, things of that nature. But uh, I realized that it needed to be a book uh, on its own. And so I have split that off. I'm doing a media campaign for the fifth edition right now, but I'm going to pick it, pick it up. And then that, that the other book that comes out of that year's worth of work will be entitled solving COVID how eugenics centered organized crime spent billions to steal trillions and murder millions. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and that really was it. And I want to just hats off to you because that interview that we did, I think I was the first person, and I think your show was the first show that actually called out the COVID as a scam, or at least it was the first one that I ever remember watching or seeing, or, and I want to say it was probably in March of, I think we did in March of 2020 and, uh, and, and really you know broke down a lot of the elements of the scam uh, very, very early on before a lot of other people did. So I wanted to kind of salute you for having the courage to uh, to put me on and talk about something that was still very raw at the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. Am I echoing, by the way? I, I'm having a little no, bit... you sound great on this. I sound good? Okay, mm -hmm. well, I'll just leave it alone then because I've got a little issue, but <clears throat> I appreciate that. And it was at a high cost, Right. Over the next weeks and months, I effectively lost all of my family, most of my friends. I know uh, many of us are not strangers to that. I was new, much newer to the truth world and hadn't made those friends yet. And Arcapulco was actually a really good introduction. I made a lot of friends there and went like, oh, my gosh, there's people out there that, uh, you know, they might like me and even love me and not have a problem. I was, it was like, Oh, this is new. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and uh, it was a really good thing to just, um, you know, there was, it was a lot of pain and, and a, and a certainly a, an awakening of the, the rude kind, but in the, you know, I wouldn't do anything differently. And I had already known for just a couple of years, but I had been silent 
And when the whole scamdemic hit, and if you don't mind if we talk in, um, you know, uh, fake words just for the sake of censorship on these platforms, sure. then, um, I, you know, I just knew it was time to speak, that if there was ever a time to speak, that it was now. So uh, I'm really glad that we had that connection. Then I, I remember running after you in, uh, in, in after your talk at Anarchapoco, and there were several people running after you. And I'm like, I got to talk to the guy. I want to interview him. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then I remember that uh, you had um, left the stage with the mic, so everybody was running after you trying to get the <laughs> mic. It was just a really <laughs> funny little uh, kind of. Uh, a moment, a moment in time, and uh, we had the pleasure of hanging out. We have, a, I remember, a pool night that uh, mm-hmm. was there, and so good. And my cat still loves me, Coma. Yes, uh, yeah, he he loves me even more when it's minus ninety and high winds and snow and stuff. And so let's dive in and talk about you know what have the last three years been like for you? You you mentioned how things really ramped up. Your your book became incredibly popular. What is the work that you're doing in, in the back end? What, what are the projects that you're working on right now? So, I mean, right now it's really getting the fifth edition of the book out. And so, you know, the book is designed to wake up, you know, friends, family, colleagues. You, you mentioned it in the intro. Most people are visual learners and they come to insight much quicker when they see a visualization uh, and a visualization can make something that was invisible now visible through visualization. And so uh, the book has new one pagers, new memes, new visualizations. Uh, we break down how the CIA is, uh, you know, putting people into the media. We put break down how they're installing politicians in the United States. We break down monopoly, duopoly, and triopoly. There's just a just a, a ton of, of kind of new content in the fifth edition. And, uh, you know, the main thing that we're exposing for those in your audience that are not yet voluntarists is that government has been the biggest scam in history. You cannot have a legitimate government. You can't have it morally. You can't have it logically. It doesn't really make sense. It's kind of something that was slipped to us as children like a secondhand idea that was slipped to us, uh, uh, you know, as children. And it's reinforced by a monopoly media that is controlling all the information that the majority of society, uh, you know, receives. And so the, you know, the most powerful weapon in the U.S. arsenal is this control of perception. And on the old media side, it's six monopoly media companies running hundreds and hundreds of subsidiaries on the new kind of internet media side, there's probably three to four dozen, you know, new media, either search, uh, uh, social media, uh, video sharing sites, it's, it's Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, Discuss, Wikipedia, Amazon, Netflix, Google, Yahoo, Bing, etc., and they're algorithmically controlling the information people receive on the DARPA internet in a, uh, in a program that allows them to tax farm society. So it's intergenerational organized crime. Uh, the subtitle of the book is how intergenerational organized crime runs the government, the media and academia. And that's really, you know, uh, the, you know, kind of what we're exposing that you don't really need government. The kind of the good news message of the book is you don't really need government. Everything government does would be done better, faster, cheaper by the free market, by uh, by uh, you know real charities, by co-ops, uh, mutual aid societies, nonprofits, things of that nature. 
and uh, and uh, government is the tool is best thought of as a tool or a technique used by intergenerational organized crime to tax farm society. It's been the biggest scam in history. And kind of my goal is to be the guy that makes it easy to understand by making it this kind of easy to uh, you know understand a picture book filled with visualizations and media ownership charts and things that make what was previously invisible now visible through visualization. Nice. I like that. And I'm going to tie it into an archetype that I often teach about. And it's the beginning of the hero's journey called the child, where we start out. And uh, so our controllers really knew that we were all their, you know, all like children or at least vulnerable to being put in that position. And so, you know, how many visuals, the stickers on the floor, I will never forget the stickers on the floor. Mm -hmm. uh, I was camping this summer and I finally started ripping those stickers and I'm just like, okay, it's over for the stickers, we're done. And, uh, you know, so in a way, you know, you're, you're using this obviously for good to appeal to people that might not just be their child. And it's not to put people down that they need visuals to learn better. That's just approaching your senses from multiple angles and uh, and that always is going to create a much uh, greater learning but it's we we have that right humanity if, if on the whole really has not perfectly graduated the child and then it's interesting because there uh, when you, the the archetype that's after the child as i conceived of it and write about it is the rebel and so you had all of the people in the child that were like, oh, yes, sir, government. Yes, sir. Uh, you're keeping me safe. Oh, well, thank God there's like someone keeping me safe. And then there were us who were like, no way, man. I keep myself safe. I, I make my own decisions. I'm capable of self-governing. I don't, I don't need that. And I'm going to instead get mad and rail against this machine, which I came to see over the last couple of years how it's equally as big a trap as that child archetype. So on both sides, we have a lot of work to do. So how have you seen things change in our community over, over the time? Or, and, and like, do you feel like there's a lot of people will say this these days, so many people have woken up. Do you reflect that as well? Oh, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I always describe there's kind of two, you know, major pillars that have to fall to free a, a human mind from the, you know, from the, the scam of government. And one of those is just to realize that you can never have a legitimate government. You know, there's no way to do it through a coronation. There's no way to do it through an election. You know, you know, if, if my girlfriend and myself can't vote to rob you, cause there's two of us and one of you, it doesn't matter if there's three of us or 10 of us or 330 million people, there's no magical additional number that makes something that's inherent and illogical, logical and moral. And so that's one, but the more important one is you've really got to understand that the, that this, that the television and the media is lying to you on every channel, that it really is. They're all in on it together. They've bought up the media, through, you know, by, you know, it's the banks at the top. They're creating money out of thin air using fractional reserve banking. They're taking these uh, little paper tickets and digital dollars that they create out of thin air and they're buying up the media so the media doesn't tell you what they're doing is inflationary it's stealing the value out of your money uh you know it wouldn't exist if it wasn't for government and so more people than ever before have figured out that the media is in on it 
and all together, all of the channels, all of the you know platforms, the major internet platforms, they're all censoring information algorithmically. They've now been caught. The fact checkers, uh, you know, have been have been kind of busted. They're they're literally being thrown up in, in Congress and congressional testimony, at, you know, Facebook and Twitter, you know, right now. And so the the population, a significant portion of the population, has figured out that. Whether or not they believe that the government is illegitimate on its face, I think there's a general understanding that the government is 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 abjectly being run as organized crime for the benefit of pharmaceutical companies and defense contractors and and uh, and the banks that are you know having trillions of dollars handed to them and bailouts and stimulus. And so I really do feel like, like, you know, our numbers are exploding and that this system is fighting a rear guard action, just trying to keep the left in, in, in intact. They've almost written off the right, but they're just trying to keep their base of, of kind of leftists, you know, like, like hardcore lefties, uh, you know, uh, toeing the line. But uh, yeah, I see people waking up all over the place. It's amazing. Yeah, it's a it's a beautiful thing. I I even got to a place because at the beginning and it you know it really seemed like okay we have to wake everybody up go and you know shake them and hold them down. This is me. I'm talking <laughs> like you know that, uh, that it seemed like this was my job. I was gonna I was lived and let lived, but not now because now the stakes are really high. And so you know going out there railing against the machine. Speaking personally, I had very little success. And I noticed how, you know, when I tried to control the thoughts and, and experiences and perceptions of other people, that all they wanted to do was, um, you know, they'd go into resistance, they would, they would push me away, they would hate me, they would abuse me. I took many hits. And after a couple of big hits, I decided, okay, that's, that's like, just, it's not it. Remember, Beth, I, you knew this already before, but you know, the panic set in. And, uh, and that's where I actually turned my focus directly back to the truth community and asking God, how can I help right now? Because I saw other people doing the same thing. I saw that they're, you know, it, it, it's, it's not effective to, to tell somebody that they don't see correctly. They're not going to see your way just because you tell them that they're not seeing correctly. And so our our community, if we could call it that, the, the truth community, which is a very big name for uh, really what is a lot of different things, then how do you feel like that has evolved since 2020? What are the changes you've seen in, in our side, if I call it? So, I mean, I, I think it's bigger and I see more people that are reporting on, you know, that, that are skeptical about everything that the government says, you know, from the outset. Uh, the other thing that I, you know, I wanted to kind of point out to you or discuss or like throw up for a topic of discussion is, uh, you know, in my youth, I worked for one of the big four think tanks in Washington, D.C. And one of the th probably the most interesting thing that I learned uh, at my time there was that if you want to affect societal change on a large scale, you don't have to win everybody. Uh, you really only have to win the intelligentsia. There's a kind of 10 to 15 percent of the population that are entrepreneurs, business executives, uh, the professoriate, bloggers, vloggers, you know, YouTube, uh, you know, creators, um, teachers, uh, radio talk show hosts, 
uh, novelists, writers, uh, you know, the people that have the ability to influence others, the kind of the intelligentsia. And then once you win the intelligentsia, they drag the rest of society with them. And so I don't spend my time on people that don't get it to a certain degree anymore. I'm not really focused on them. What I'm focused on is trying to get to the honest, authentic voices of the developing alternative media. You know, uh, you know, like whether it's Jimmy Dore, Patrick Bet David, you know, people like that that have enormous, enormous platforms that I believe are are fairly, you know, that are honest that are trying to get to the you know, to the, uh, you know, to the, to the, you know, really truth of what's going on uh, with the COVID or with 9-11 or with, you know, some of these uh, false flag events for, uh, you know, police state or hoax shootings for gun control or, you know, whatever the scam of the day is from organized crime government, the people that are legitimately trying to get there and have huge platforms, I'm focused on them and they're going to drag the rest of society with them. Right. But when you think about like the nature of our truth community, and to me, it's been a big shift, right? Because the, the, the pre, if we talk in, uh, you know, like they say stupid words like the beer bug or whatever, but it, you know, it was pre, pre beer bug compared to now, because, you know, there was a, there was a whole movement. And for a long time, I, I, I was new to it, but it was not new. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, you know, the, this, this second, like you called it false flag, <clears throat> not, not the second, I mean, it was, it was many, but it was one of the, the bigger ones in his, in history for sure. And so, you know, compared to where people were at with lower stakes, for example, even though all of those threats existed and many things could be predicted. I remember like how many people I was following going like, oh my God, they're right about everything. This is insane how Mm -hmm. you could see the rollout right down to the poison jabs and all of that kind of thing. And, and so have you seen an evolution in our community or you feel like you're just, just so not focused there that you can't comment on that? So, I mean, I mean, I think one of the biggest numbers that I'll throw out there is that over a million people took their kids out of the government school system because mm-hmm. of the COVID and began educating them at home. And so the, the future of that number of kids, you know, coming up outside of the government system, you know, uh, being you know, getting a superior education, getting the love and the nurturing that a, a homeschool provides that the government school doesn't. You know, I think that that is going to be a significant factor in the future. Uh, That's one of the things that I think is, you know, uh, one of the silver linings of, uh, you know, of, of, you know, what we went through. Um, I think the the fact that, you know, that people just don't trust the media anymore, like there's a significant number, maybe, you know, you know, uh, you know, that exact same number or times, you know, 10, that just don't trust the media that figured out that, Hey, the media really are in on it all together. Uh, it is there. They are controlling every, every channel and that I can't trust, you know, what's coming over the television. I think that is a, is a tremendous, tremendous, you know, advance to, uh, to the cause of Liberty. Um, and I think, uh, you know, um, at New Hampshire, uh, where the free state project is, they saw over a thousand new members, you know, show up in, uh, in uh, I think, 2020, 2021 and 2022 as people are, you know, kind of moving 
with their feet, voting with their feet to geographies where they have more freedoms and they have the ability to concentrate and, you know, uh, create, um, create uh, a new world without the control system of government or at least have it minimized to just protecting life, liberty, and property. And so I see people voting with their feet, either taking their kids out of the government school system, moving to places like New Hampshire, Idaho, Florida, where they're getting, you know, where their taxation is going down and the, their, their, you know, kind of civil liberties are going up. And so uh, I see, you know, I, I'm very, very uh, optimistic for the future. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So one of the things that we were going to talk about today was was uh, specifically within the truth community. I was just wanting to lead up to that a little bit. And, um, and so for me, you know, having gone deep into the law, for example, I didn't want to do that, but I saw the need for that. And being at the center of a fair amount of uh, activity and conversations in, in you know, in, in, in truth in general, but in law, in the law as well. And it really was a magnet for infiltrators, for saboteurs, for what I call controlled op, you know, whether they're aware of it or not. And, and you know, inside all of us, and I think that is the, the child side, we want someone to follow. We want someone mm -hmm. to listen to. And it's not that we can't teach each other. In fact, we cannot get by. We will not get by. If you, if you try to be the be-all and the end-all, you won't even survive. Mm -hmm. right? We are the body. I, I, you know, I talk about this in terms of um, <clears throat> membership, a, a private association that I've created since, since uh, this last year now. And, and we are the body of Christ. We are, we are the members. And we all have our different roles and, and much to learn from each other. But the difference to me is where, you know, you turn towards a speaker or a podcaster or the head, the leader of a community and, and you treat them like Jesus, like, Oh, please tell me the way I need to, I need you to tell me what, what's real and what's not real and what to do and what not to do. And, and, I'll, and so this is never going to go well because you put yourself in the hands of someone else who you have no idea, even who they really are, what their motives are, what they're connected to. And, uh, you know, you're attracted to the truth that they say, and, and it might very well make you vulnerable to ways that they're not actually truthful, whether that's intentional or not. So I would love to talk about that subject, because why I, I am the person that in my own world, I'm never going to go running after anyone to call them out or tell them what's wrong with them or go in other people's groups and, and point out how they're all following the wrong person, wrong people. But when it comes to me and they're promoting it for me, then I will, I am, I feel obligated because I see it and I, and I already uh, understand the, the trap of it. I'm going to call it. And you might've seen me, if you guys are on my telegram, for example, controlled op alert, mm -hmm. I will just, I will just call it because I don't want people at least feeling like I support that in, in that context. Mm -hmm. And so you know, what, what are the signs and symptoms of controlled up? What, what, it seems like you've gone deep into this subject and what do you, what do you have to say about that to start out? Well, I mean, I think the first thing that I'd say is that, you know, humans are biologically predisposed to have a leader. 
And I think that that goes back to, you know, to a survival, you know, kind of strategy or technique or, you know, whatever you want to call it, uh, that, you know, having a strong leader uh, benefits the tribe as a whole. And so that we're predisposed to try and seek out and find a strong leader. Some people are, 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 are biologically uh, predisposed to be leaders and you don't have to be a political leader to be a leader, but you know, there, there are people that lead and there are people that follow in the world. And so the, you know, the powers that shouldn't be one of the things that they're doing is they're leveraging this knowledge of human psychology to provide two different choices of a leader. You know, you've got leader A or you've got leader B, you've got red leader, or you've got blue leader, but you're going to have government leader. You know, it's you can have government leader A, which is blue or government leader B, which is red, but you're going to have a government leader and these are the choices that you're given. And so people become invested in the, you know, and, you know, kind of one of the things we break down in government, the biggest scam in history is they're sliding the population belief in government as a religion. And the president is the Pope of the religion, the Senate and the house or the church leadership. And the, you know, you go to the, you go to the church school where the priest, the teacher teaches you, you know, the holy documents of the, you know, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution. The flag is the artificially indoctrinated holy symbol. They take you to middle school and middle school. They take you to Mecca, Washington, D.C., where you go into the cathedral of the Capitol that looks like the Vatican. You go into the temples. You see the deities of Jefferson and uh, and um, uh, Lincoln, it's very hushed and reverent, and you're submersed in this kind of artificial religion, and you're given these two choices of leaders. And so that is leveraging human biology. Now, in the antithesis to that, uh, there is an opposition movement that is organizing and is, is challenging the system. And in that opposition movement, uh, uh, the government understands that this dynamic of wanting to have a leader exists. And so when a leader, uh, I think it was Albert Pike said famously, when a, a leader is needed, one shall be provided. Okay. And so we're going to give you there, or they're going to attempt to give you leaders that they manufacture and control. And so, uh, you know, Lenin said uh, uh, famously, he said, you know, the best way to control the opposition is to lead it ourselves. And so uh, one of the dynamics that the truth movement and the, you know, the, the, uh, the liberty movement has to contend with is something known as controlled opposition and controlled opposition are people that are artificially elevated as leaders in the movement, given media operations, given media platforms uh, where the knobs are tweaked and the dials are turned so that they're promoted on Facebook, Twitter, uh, you know, the social media platforms at the same time that authentic voices are being censored, de-indexed, deplatformed, shadow banned demonetized and all of the other ways in which the truth movement and the authentic uh, voices of the developing media are stifled and uh, and uh, suppressed. 
And so that's what we're, that is what we're up, up against. Some of these controlled oppositions have been 100% busted. Hal Turner is, a, is an example. He's a radio talk show host that was trying to crowd gather the liberty movement. And somebody got into his, uh, his Gmail and, and, uh, or his mail accounts and released you know, messages between him and his FBI handler exposing the fact that he was being handled by the FBI. And so we know that this is a 100% bona fide, you know, uh, thing that's going on. Um, there's a reporter, Udo Ulfkote, U-L-F-K-O-T-T-E, I believe. But if you just put U-D-O, Ulfkote, you know, he, he came out publicly and blew the whistle that he was being handled by the CIA, that, that he was being paid to write certain stories or that the CIA would write a story and have him put his byline on it. Uh, and so, so, you know, there's, there's real life whistleblowers that are stepping forward and kind of showing us how the system works and how they do it. Uh, but there are, you know, there are many voices in the truth movement and I, and I have a list of them in uh, government, uh, the biggest scam in history exposed that I do not trust and believe have been, you know, put forth, uh, you know, to serve as, as, uh, you know, this, this, these controlled opposition voices, to lead people down a path uh, into the Shemitah or flat earth or something like that, where they shoot, they, they get the audience to shoot their credibility with their friends and their family, or they gatekeep at kind of key times. You know, they'll take, they'll tell you everything that everybody already knows uh, to be able to, you know, gather the audience so that they can gatekeep it at key times and not take you the rest of the way or, or you know, try and control or, or uh, steer the audience in, in ways that ultimately hurt the, you know, what we're all trying to see, which is the system be exposed uh, and, uh, and, uh, and discarded. Mm -hmm. Very good. Yeah, and uh, Billington Bear in the chat was pointing out how there's a kind of 80-20 rule where if they don't have those, um, you know, at least 80% of truth, nobody is going to listen to them. Yeah. Right. And so that draws you in and it's like, yeah, ding, ding, ding. That sounds right. And if you're not really critically thinking at every turn and, uh, you know, letting go of your need and desire to have someone lead you that is better than you, more knowledgeable than you, then you're going to miss or accept the things that take you sideways at those key times. So that's a very well said. And one, so one thing I wanted to point out, my analogy is, you know, 99% of rat poison is good food. Otherwise the rats wouldn't eat it. And so, you know, the, so you gotta, so the controlled opposition, you know, it may be 80, 20, it may be, 90 10 it may be 85 15 but you know there's going to be a lot of meat on the bone uh so that you know they can poison you uh, i use the analogy for the cub scouts and the boy scouts as well i mean there's you know 99 percent of rat poison is good food everybody loves the hiking everybody loves the you know the friendships and the things like that it's just the poison of the statism and the flag worship and the uniforms and the single form and the hierarchical command and control and, uh, you know, giving kids guns and teaching them how to kill, which happens in the Boy Scouts and the Explorers, uh, you know, like it's, 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 uh, it's 99% of poison is good food. Uh, something to think about whether it's the controlled opposition or it's the Boy Scouts. 
<laughs> there you go. Yeah. Um, and so I'd, I'd love to talk about the range of uh, control top out there because I had to really see for myself that some are acting as controlled op, but might not even be aware of it. They're literally simply perpetuating what they are accepting from other, maybe much more handled controlled op. Because see, if we treat it that as the, the, the extreme, that they're literally bought and paid for, they are approached, they, someone tells mm -hmm. them, you can stay out of jail if you become a voice for the messages we want you to put out. I think that's happened several times personally. And so they're leveraged. They have something big to lose. They have everything at stake and will do the bidding of their handlers as a result. And now that's, to me, not everyone by, by any means. But, you know, some have followed along. Some have just innocently perpetuated those lies that are being told. What do you, what do you see as, as a range of possibilities there? You know, it, it's funny. So the so the range of possibilities. I'm uh, I met a social media influencer at the Conscious Life Expo, and it was a young woman, and she had, I want to say, like millions and millions of followers, and she had billions of views of like you know her video content and everything. And and I was talking to her before her speech, and you know I asked her, well, do you you know do you cover politics? Do you and and uh, and she's like, oh no, I don't. I don't cover politics. If I did that, then I'd have my video views, you know, uh, reduced and my reach curtailed. And so, you know, I think at the very minimum, it's that people that understand what's really going on in the world and they're willing to, you know, to not touch or discuss the most important topics, the most important topics in our society today, you know, what's really in the shots, what's really, what's really going on with the COVID, what's really, you know, on and on and on. They're not willing to go there because they're benefiting from this ability to control perception because it, the ability to control perception is not just the ability to lie and propagandize. The ability to control perception is also the ability to distract and to, you know, to, uh, you know, to just distract you with something that is not political at all. It may be, you know, you may be interested in vintage, uh, you know, how to repair vintage tractors, or you might be interested in how to flip homes, or you might be interested in how to cook good food, or you might be interested in, you know, like a gazillion other things. And we'll just give you a gazillion other things so that you don't have time for the most important things that help you understand, you know, how you're being tax farmed, robbed, uh, mulked and controlled. So that is kind of the, I would say that's one very, you know, uh, important aspect. Then, you know, there are people that cover politics and, and, and current events and they're being paid off, not overtly, okay? Not, hey, we want you to tell lies but they're being paid off to be part of the Republican team or the Democratic team and, and to keep people trapped in the fake left-right paradigm of controlled elections and, and, and being able to be, you know, kind of steered. And they can have, you know, payments and uh, emoluments and, uh, you know, through like game theory where, you know, we, we know that, that, you know, that, that these people will stick on the plantation just as long as we keep 
you know, paying them and, and keep inviting them on to, you know, to, to certain shows that reinforce the narrative that we want them to cover. And they kind of just know if they stray that, uh, that they won't be invited back and they will lose some of this, you know, artificial gravitas that we're able to heap on them uh, by, by, because they're participating in the fake left-right paradigm of, you know, rigged elections and, and you know, easy-to-control elections. And then on the kind of the, the furthest, you know, on the other thing is, you know, we're going to create media figures. We're going to find people that have a modicum of charisma, that have some media training, or we're going to give them media training. And then we're going to set them up to the T with, you know, state-of-the-art studios and production staff and producers and social media team and uh, everything they need to be able to distract, deceive, uh, you know, and steer audiences into what they know are controlled opposition voices, controlled opposition events. We're going to control the microphone at, at these controlled opposition events. And I don't know if you're setting me up, but like, you know, one of the things that you've mentioned is Narcopolco, and I've written extensively how I think that Jeff Berwick is a controlled opposition was, was, you know, put forth and created and controlled to steer the modern peaceful anarchy, voluntarist crypto anarchy, you know, community into uh, drugs, drinking, uh, controlled opposition voices. And what really came out as the, you know, the HBO series, the, Anarcha the anarchists, where, you know, our entire community was tarred with the brush of drugs and riffraff and scumbags. And in, you know, in a, in a program that was kind of brought to, uh, brought to you by uh, HBO, which is Time Warner Media. And so uh, Time Warner Media, CNN is fake government news and HBO is fake government documentaries. And, uh, and I think that that's the, you know, the, the, the example that I would give the most is where somebody is, is created, they're given a platform the, the, the media dials of Facebook and Twitter are tweaked for them to crowd gather an audience at the same time that authentic voices are being, you know, demonetized, deplatformed, de-indexed, et cetera. We're going to take that audience and we're going to lead it in a certain direction with a conference and a media, uh, you know, uh, campaign that is ultimately going to produce a docu-series that makes the entire movement look bad. And so I think he is absolutely the most prominent example of that. But there are others. I think Alex Jones does the exact same thing for the Patriot movement. He's using statism. He's using the, you know, he's got the capital and the American flag flying behind you. He's keeping people trapped in the fake left-right paradigm of elections. Uh, you know, um, uh, he's being used to warn others not to, you know, tread on Sandy Hook or other obvious, you know, government uh, hoax shootings for gun control, or we'll take away all your money like we're going to pretend to do with Alex Jones. And so, uh, so I think that those are probably the two examples that, that, you know, kind of are, are, are obvious to most people, but like, uh, uh, I think so that might that, be. Yeah. So what's that like for you, Etienne, to have had now, I, I mean, I'm assuming you had some kind of relationship with Anarchapulco with a 
organizers there. I, I don't know about your relationship with Jeff and don't necessarily need to go, but what's that like for you that, um, you know, you were part of that and, um, and maybe even I'll hazard a guess to say benefited from it in terms mm -hmm. of people learning about you and, you know, being familiar with your book. That's where I bought your book. And um, so what's, what is that like to now, like, what is your relationship with them? Like now, is that, is that a hard transition to, to make? So, you know, I had the, uh, so, so first off, I was a long time, you know, attendee at Anarchapulco from 2015. I was there for the very first one. And some of my best friendships and strongest allies in the Liberty Movement I've met through Anarchapulco. But at the same time, being a realist in 2018, I realized that, you know, and, and it wasn't just me, it was myself and others realized that, you know, that uh, that we were being steered into, you know, controlled opposition voices and the conference itself was being steered into, you know, ridiculousness, you know, ranging from Judge Napolitano to Dr. G-Spot to, you know, five different stages where if you walked out onto a stage, chances that you're going to get any, uh, any real anarchy or any, you know, hardcore, uh, you know, suggestions for resistance were, uh, were, uh, you know, very, very slim. And so, uh, I had the best selling book at Anarchapulco for three years in a row. I, you know, I threw the best attended party that wasn't affiliated with, uh, you know, with the conference. And so, yeah, yeah. Losing all of that, uh, you know, kind of hurt. But also, I think at the same time, you know, they weren't able to steer an archipelago the way they wanted it to. And so they kind of just, dis, dis, you know, uh, cast it away to the wind. And so now, you know, the, what's left of an archipelago is kind of like the, the steaming corpse of what it was, you know, what it once was. And so there's not a lot of benefit there. Uh, you know, I talked to people that went today, you know, uh, they're, you know, the, the most of the, the, the people there are newbies that, you know, found out about it from, you know, the, uh, the, the HBO docu-series and hit piece, The Anarchists. And so, uh, so I feel like I've, to a certain degree, I've been vindicated almost, you know, uh, you know, most of the other authentic voices in the movement have left, uh, you know, in Arcapulco, don't want anything to do with Jeff Berwick, don't want to be associated with him in any way, shape or form. There's still authentic voices that were speakers or, or, you know, uh, participated in the conference. And I can understand why they do that to reach the audience. So there is benefit to kind of reaching the audience. But, uh, but I hopefully, you know, we can, uh, we can agree to just discard the whole thing because I, I find, I find the whole conference and Jeff Berwick to be an embarrassment to our movement. And, uh, the quicker that it's dead, the better for all of us. Yeah. Interesting. Um, like we might have to agree to disagree on some of that, but, um, you know, at the end of the day, what is going to actually benefit the people right that to me that's what i turn to in terms of um you know we you know i can't go in and see anybody's motives i can't see if they did a deal like has anyone ever uh, approached you tried to compromise you by the way with your large audience no i've never i've never had anybody try and compromise me i've never had anybody threaten me I've never, you know, I've never, I have run into obvious government agents at places like Anarchapulco and others. Um, but, 
but it's uh, but it's very you know infrequent that I do that. But uh, the the people the, the place where I, I've run into the absolute most uh, government operatives is uh, is an Arcapulco. I've seen people walking through an Arcapulco with video cameras, literally videoing every single person at, you know at the event, kind of that yeah. that kind of thing. Right, right. Um, <clears throat> what was I just gonna say? I can't remember, but. Um... Yeah. Oh, uh, just about being approached and, and compromised, because that's one of the things that I would expect to happen fairly often or even more often with, uh, you know, at this stage of the game, I'm in contact with a fair number of the, the, if you can call them influencers in this world. And I have yet to meet anybody that they tried to compromise. Now, it did actually happen to me. And it was connected with, and that's not to make myself so special, but uh, it was connected with the whole um, we have a PSYOP going on in Canada. I'll just call it that. And I'm sure I'm going to get myself in the line of some kind of fire here for this, but um, that our Indigenous people actually own Canada and they're taking it back from what was the Queen and now it's the King. And there's a you know, whole narrative out there about that. And I started to see through it and I was approached by the Attorney General of one of the nations. And uh, he courted me and he promised me fame and he promised me that you know i was going to be the one who brought this to light and everybody would know me and they'd make a movie about me and i'm just like oh my gosh this are you can you be any more uh transparent in in what you're trying to do and i think you know this i don't i can't prove like uh, past lives or anything like that but i have a feeling if there were some i came to this one saying like you can't fuck with me this time no matter what Right. I want freedom, freedom or bust. And I don't care what you promise me. It, it doesn't hold any uh, lure to me. So I decided early on that, you know, if anyone comes mind, then and, and then nothing else has happened since then. So I think energetically or just spiritually, some kind of decision came into play. And, you know, why, why was I special? Who knows? They just I, I think they target the smaller person because to see if you have that hunger to be bigger, to be more famous. And, uh, you know, so I think, I think they can be easy targets, but, but my, my guess is that there's, we've got competing factions in, in the world and we've been born and raised to look out for ourselves and to get our, you know, piece of the pie, which might just be survival but it might be bigger than that. The more you have, the more you have to lose. Mm -hmm. And you can be very vulnerable in that. So, you know, I, I agree with you. Distraction is a major weapon of, of that movement. Confusion, right? We actually had a list come out in, in Canada not very long ago, which was so, someone drew a mind map of how all of the controlled op in the Canadian legal and truth world is connected. Well, they put everybody on that list absolutely everybody well it's kind of right it's kind of right not but it's not really everybody it's it's most everyone and and so by creating this blanket list it sent it certainly um, wasted a night and a morning for me looking into it and all these blah, you know trying to go through the details and and, uh, and and I'm posting it around and then very quickly realizing like all this is actually doing is creating confusion, not just for me, but for everyone that I'm showing it to. We, you don't get ahead. You waste your time in the process, even mm -hmm. though there's truth in there. 
So I absolutely uh, agree with that. Also about um, like production level to me is a very big giveaway that if you mm -hmm. have the funds to create very slick productions with the, the music in the background and the, you know, the scene changes and, and, and cuts and all of those kind of things. It's like, that's not the average one of us. Mm -hmm. We don't have cash to throw around for that. And we wouldn't use it that I don't personally, I wouldn't use it that way. If I had extra money, it's not going to be so I can be flashier on YouTube. Right. Cause I just want to speak the truth and, and neither do I want this to be an embarrassing production. I've had that too, but it's uh, you know, it's something that I always look at and you can, you can actually see in, there is a theme of the production quality, not just not just the level, but the actual nature of the production. The branding is what it's called because of my background mm -hmm. in, in marketing. I'm very sensitive to this. And you can see similar branding across platforms. Well, that's definitely pointing to some kind of a common source as far as, far as I'm concerned. What do you think about that? Well, I mean, I agree. Like if you take a look at the HBO series, you know, the anarchists, it was top, it was top notch. I mean, it was, you know, everything that you'd expect from HBO, you know, all of the quality that, you, you know, the production quality that you expect from HBO. Yeah. They're um, not going to host it if they don't, if, if you don't have the production quality for sure. Right. Right. And that is kind of one of the giveaways that, you know, this is, this is, you know, being that this is a, uh, you know, a hit piece designed to make, voluntarism and peaceful anarchy and crypto anarchy look bad and seedy and disreputable and that the people that are being featured are drunks and and drug users and drug dealers and and, and things like that at the same time that they're using you know subliminal messages in the you know in the piece and and you know we like i think one of the good things is is every time they try it you know they kind of get caught and so, you know, we broke down the scam of an Arcapulco and a multi, you know, series on our Substack at artofliberty.substack.com where we take, where we go through, you know, every episode of the anarchists, not every episode, but like the first four episodes of the anarchists breaking down, you know, how the magician does the trick. And so then I think the benefit of that is you don't get fooled by the trick again. And so every time they try one of these controlled opposition, uh, you know, either events or conferences or, uh, you know, um, you know, it, it allows us to figure out how they're doing it, who's involved. And then that kind of burns those uh, those media assets so they can't really be used again or they're not going to be as effective again. And so so, you know, we're, we're slowly and surely discovering, you know, who's on team truth and who's on team lies. And, uh, and I feel bad because, you know, I think it's all going to come out. I think that everybody that's involved in, in the controlled opposition media, it's all going to come out the same way it did, you know, after the Berlin Wall fell and all of the people that participated in the Stasi you know, uh, you know, secret police uh, informers in East Germany, all of the names came out and everybody knew who had been, you know, who among the East German people were on the payroll of the Stasi and were reporting on their friends and their neighbors and everything like that. And it just didn't end up well for them. And I have a feeling that the exact same thing is going to happen for the controlled opposition media. You know, the one thing the government does well is keep files 
And, you know, one day those files are going to come out and we're going to figure out who's was on, you know, which team. And I just, you know, I, I just don't think it's going to go well for the people that have participated. Right. Yeah. I, I did a stream with Chance Garten. Uh, it was called The Devils in the Data. And uh, you're right about records. I just had this memory the other day about, uh, you know, like all of our track record, what we're what we're up to, what we're saying. It's all it's all going in the in the uh, in the file. And there were so many people that they knew the truth, but they were not willing to go on record and 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 have that running long file. And I think at the end of the day, that that itself is a kind of um, uh, illness epidemic because that does actually make the truth tellers more vulnerable if there's less of them. Yeah. But I think we, yeah, yeah. I think we passed more or less out of that. And, and so here's, here's the effect that it's had on me seeing that, you know, almost most everything that is out there, um, you know, and everything this is another, another thing to just say, like, everybody's not all one way. We all have two sides as if, and I mean, there's the, the source of that, but there's still, there's still the two sides and, and they can, you know, sometimes when a, a bad guy gets attracted to me or, you know, kind of whatever coming for me, I, I try to remember that, that there's both sides of them and that there's so much that um, we can influence in inside those relationships and it, whether it's like being the person who has the integrity and being at least the um, <clears throat> example of that and the mirror back, you know, so that's where I start to just say, okay, well, what is, what is our job here? And, and what is given the distractions and the confusion, what are we to be doing if um, it be, becomes once you've called out, then, then what, right? Are you going to make a job? Are you going to make a job out of that? Are you going to make a, a profession out of that? Or, you know, what is the work that we're really, truly here to do once, once the lies are seen, once that we understand what's legitimate authority and what's illegitimate authority, then, then what is the work to be done? Do you think Etienne? Well, I think part of it is steering people towards solutions. And so, uh, you know, one of the, one of the, some of the, feedback that I get, you know, from the book is that I do a really good job of explaining, you know, how organized crime runs the government and the media and how the control perception system works. Uh, but it doesn't matter because, you know, we just need government. And so one of the things that I want to do, and I've got to, I've got to finish up my book on the COVID first, but like one of the things that I want to do in the future is I want to write another book exposing the world to the wonderfulness of voluntarism, the market mechanisms that give you everything that people want the government to do without the extortion or the violence of the government. Like I think, you know, a lot of people that just, you know, they, and it's, it's, it's because it's been purposefully hidden from them by the government that doesn't want people to understand how the free market and mutual aid societies and real charities and co-ops and nonprofits could do everything that the government does besides redistribution. But, you know, whether it's deliver the mail, whether it's air traffic control, whether it's, you know, armed protective services that the government calls the police, whether it's dispute resolution that they call the courts, all of that can be done better, faster, and cheaper 
without giving a minority of the population, uh, you know, uh, rights that the other people don't, without giving a minority of the population the ability to use extortion and violence on everybody else. Uh, you know, like, like I think if, if people really, really understood that, uh, then there would be, you know, they, they would say, well, why don't we do that instead of government? And so, uh, you know, I want to, you know, in, in the future, once I get, uh, you know, my book Solving COVID done, uh, I'd like to focus on uh, solutions because I think the world needs more solutions and, uh, and an understanding of, of, you know, that we just don't need government. Right. And, uh, and the fact is that it, the, that system, that public system is crumbling. And not only could we do better, we are going to have to do better. Or we're going to have to do something, right? Because it, when those systems fall apart, then we either are going to go without or we're going to step in and take responsibility for that which we've never had to take responsibility for. So to me, I look at it a little bit differently like that. I don't, I don't want to I don't want to kill government, but I do want to put government in its rightful place because the public and the private are, to me, inherent in nature. There's always going to be some masculine order for the feminine chaos. And if you don't, if they don't come as a pair, then you don't have anything. So, so, um, I do want to, I do want to, uh, get rid of it completely and I want to expose it as, you know, something because, you know, a lot of people think, oh, if we could just get the right people in government or if we could just get the right political party in or we could just get the, you know, whatever it is. No, the answer is never, ever government. And so that idea has to die so that we can so society can kind of be reborn as, uh, you know, as a as a free, real freedom, not not the fake freedom that we call freedom today, but where we've got real freedom, where we've got, you know, market-based money, where we've got hard money, where nobody can steal the value out of your money by printing excess dollars on a printing press or creating digital dollars. And so I think, because it's going to collapse, uh, you know, we've, we've had intergenerational organized crime running the system for, you know, 100 plus years and so they have robbed all of the, you know, they've robbed, uh, uh, you know, everything that can be stolen. They've, you know, they've ripped out the copper uh, piping in the wall. They've stolen the silverware out of the White House. They've got, I mean, you know, everything that can, almost everything that can be stolen has. And so, I, you know, I, I, I almost, you know, hate to tell people that are, you know, they're on fixed incomes, but like, you know, you're probably not going to have social security because they've stolen everything out of the lockbox and they've left, you know, last time I checked $3 trillion worth of IOUs in a filing cabinet in West Virginia. I mean, there's no way to reinflate a currency uh, where the population has lost value. And so, you know, uh, get out of dollars. I don't, you know, I don't understand why anybody has a nickel in the dollar system. You know, this system is going to collapse. And I think it's important that once it collapses because it has been a Ponzi scheme and it has been, you know, it has been being run for the benefit of the few at the expense of the many. It is so very important that we reboot on the free market, on hard money, on voluntary relationships between people, on, you know, private 
uh, you know, armed, uh, you know, protective services instead of monopoly police on private, you know, arbitration and dispute resolution versus the mandatory government courts. You know, it's, 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 we, you know, we're going to lose again if we reboot on the exact same system uh, or even worse, or if we reboot on, you know, central bank digital currencies uh, or, you know, uh, you know, something similar. And so it's very, very important that we get to the intelligentsia, we explain what has happened and we expose, uh, you know, how the magician does the trick so society isn't fooled by the magician again. Yeah, very good. And um, as we start to close up, do you want to, um, somebody's asking just isn't voluntarism the idea of Fatsamak Biblicals asking, uh, the idea of working within self-government while respecting others. Is that how you would define it or is it? So, so I just, I describe uh, and define voluntarism as the idea that all relations between human beings must be voluntary, that nobody gets rights that other people don't have. Nobody gets an exception for morality. You know, nobody can engage in extortion or violence against other people. And so this is one of the reasons why you know that government is illegitimate is because they're routinely violating natural law rights. They get to they have rights that other people don't. They get to use extortion. They get to use violence. They go abroad and murder people in wars based on lies and manufactured intelligence. And so that's kind of half of the definition. And then the other half of my definition is it's, it's really an understanding that the world is a self-organizing system. It produces spontaneous order and that everything that the government does besides redistribution would be done better, faster and cheaper by the free market, by mutual aid societies, by co-ops, by nonprofits, by real genuine charities and that we just don't need government. And so the, you know, the two pillars that have to fall are you got to number, number one, you got to understand you can never have a legitimate government. There's no way to do it with a monarchy or with a coronation or with an election. It's impossible for one group of people to acquire the ability to rule and, uh, and rob the rest of society. Just, you can't ever have that. Okay. And so once you have that realization that there can never be a legitimate government, well, then the only real alternative is voluntarism. It's the only ism that is fair for everybody. Nobody gets the ring of power because there's not a ring of power. And so if, if, you know, if society reboots and reorganizes on that principle, then you get all of these kind of virtuous mechanisms of the free market, capital creation, the invisible hand, the you know, uh, uh, that, that provide everything that the government would provide without the violence and extortion and illogical and moral, you know, nature of government today. Uh, you know, you get it because thank God uh, the world is the self-organizing system and it's, you know, it's going to provide the roads and it's going to provide air traffic control. Canada privatized your air traffic control system over a decade ago and planes aren't falling out of the sky in Canada. Everything the government does could be privatized in similar ways. And then you don't have this, 
you know, this, 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 uh, this power structure with the ability to control information the way they did in the COVID, you don't have the ability, you know, you're not forced into money that's losing value, you know, every single day, you're not forced into a retirement scheme that, you know, has unfunded liabilities of, you know, trillions of dollars, you're not forced into, you know, all of the, you know, the, 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 the poverty that government gives us, you know, you don't, you, the you know, society isn't forced into a welfare scheme that has unintended consequences. I could go on and on. Uh, you get to decide what to do with your money. You get to decide who you associate with. You get to decide what charities in your community that you support and you would have, you know, more than enough money. So like if, if the government just wasn't stealing the money, I, you know, the final message to your audience is that we would all be, dramatically, dramatically wealthier, and we would have more than enough surplus to take care of the poor, the needy, the disadvantaged, if government just wasn't stealing half of our income in overt taxes, covert taxes, and inflation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well said. Definitely. And Canada is a prime example because, you know, we thought we hit the jackpot. Everything's taken care of here. We have our public medicine, and <clears throat> we're, we're, all, we're the good ones over here. And, mm -hmm. and then look at us now. Uh, we we have one of the you know most intense situations of tyranny on our hands. It's a little bit of a reprieve now that you know Romans have receded, so to speak, if we're there in in that part of history. But uh, yeah, it has is make us it has made us very uh, dumb and vulnerable. And then, and I think a really important distinction is coming out here that voluntarism is the opportunity to uh, bring order to the world, but not central order, not central mm -hmm. control. Right? That it's what what you're willing to assume responsibility over. This is my take. You can have power over if you're if you're willing to do the work and and get down in the trenches and and you know, give yourself the hardship for others benefit, then yeah, that gives you some power in that institution. But, uh, but where, you know, where, where it's centralized, obviously, this is where it's extremely vulnerable to the um, corruption is, is there as a possibility at every turn. And uh, so, yeah, I think that they, and, and, you know, when you get down to the just a basic definition of government, no one, no one needs to, to control your mind. If, yeah, and that's all but done by manipulation. And that's all, uh, you know, it has to be done in an underhanded way. Because if you overtly try to control someone's mind, they're just going to go like, okay, F you, get away. Even if you're trying to control them for the very best reasons. And that's kind of circling back a little bit to how I felt it was um, part of my role to help people in the truth community that wanted to be helped. And snakes loosen before they constrict again. Yes, Millington, I'm, we're uh, very aware of, of that here in, in Canada. We're just on vacation a little bit. I might go to Texas for my vacation. <laughs> we like we like the States for, for that reason. That uh, My son has actually become a very big fan of the U.S. and, and uh, just because of the freedoms that, for the most part, you guys have stood up for in a much better way than we have. But uh, I apologize. I think our time is uh, starting to be up for today. I'm mm -hmm. so glad you were able to come on, Etienne. It's really, really great to see you. I uh, have fond memories of our meeting in in Mexico. And uh, I wish you well with your fifth edition of Government, the Biggest Scan in, in History, Scam in History, not Scan. And I just get that into the camera there so you guys can see I'm not very good at that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and so um, can they get 
that uh, your new book at uh, your website or anything else you want to share as we yeah can? it's government-scam.com and my foundation is the Art of Liberty Foundation, and it's actually different than what you have on the screen. It's just artofliberty.org, and so it's government-scam.com or artofliberty.org, and if you wanted to see our investigation into Anarchapulco and the anarchists, that's on our substack at artofliberty.substack.com. Okay, and um, so I did it. I, I didn't get your URL correct. It's not the art of liberty. Right. And it's government, sorry, just government-scam.com. So government hyphen or government-scam.com. I can't listen and type at the same time. Sorry. <laughs> defect. Modal defect. Okay. So take that one out. I can't even find it. Um, and uh, one quick question about it. Uh, does it show you how to be in the private? Uh, so I, I think I, I have, I touch on some of that in the liberator. So one of the things that we do that's unique is we back up everything in the book on a 64 gigabyte flash drive, credit card size flash drive that we call the liberator. And I do cover aspects of uh, removing yourself from the corporate personhood and, and, and fiction in the liberator. Tried one more time. Oh, Billing Tunnel got it. <laughs> there you go. Boom. Okay. Fantastic. Great. Well, I really appreciate uh, you coming on today, Etienne. Nice to reconnect. Stay in touch. Please keep me posted on everything. And uh, lots, to, lots of love to everyone in the chat. I'm so glad you guys could make it. I wanted to uh, make sure and let you know that this Friday, I'm hosting Amanda Volmer. Are you familiar with Amanda, by the way, Etienne? I am, yes. Okay, yeah, yeah. We have uh, become connected over the last couple of years. And so she's coming into the House of Free Will. By the way, that's the name of my ministry, if you haven't uh, seen that. And she's doing a workshop on critical thinking. So this is something that not only do, you know, normal, quote unquote, normal people need to learn, but we need to learn it. I know I fall back on my intuition a lot and it's, uh, it's done me really well, but I know that there are skills that I don't have if I was to get into debates out of my level and uh, really want these skills. So you do need to be a member of the House of Free Will in order to participate. We are in the private domain. Uh, there is going to be a workshop coming up and teaching people how to go into the private with a, a service or an organization, not a business, by the way. And uh, and then so you can keep uh, tabs on that. And then there's a link in the show notes, but I'm going to share it with you guys anyway, the uh, application to the House of Free Will. If you'd like to join for the workshop that's happening on Friday at 4 p.m., 4 to 6 p.m., and uh, so don't just join for the workshop, by the way, if that's your only reason, if you're totally not attracted to the rest of what's going on in the House of Free Will, which is uh, training and studying in, in law and coaching and deprogramming, the actual work of deprogramming. What does that mean to take your psyche from one that is being tied up in, in lies to one that is actually going to register free freedom and the presence of God that is the, the source of freedom? then the House of Free Will might be interesting for you. A whole bunch of workshops we've already done in a lot of different areas. All of that is available to members there. And uh, there's a four-page agreement. It's it's uh, a serious agreement. It is a contract. So you can't just click a button and be part of it. The first step is to uh, make an application. Tell me a little bit about yourself so I can get to know you, see if it's a, actually a fit for the House of Free Will, and then we'll send you a link to the agreement 
as well. So apologies for the, the clunky system, but it has to be that way. So I feel confident bringing you in. And uh, so lots of love, everyone. Thanks again, Etienne. I do wish you all the best for right now and um, we'll stay in touch. And thank you for what you do for Liberty. And it's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you very much. All right, everyone. Bye for now.